0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and I'll be your host today for another episode of the finest radio drama performed by your favorite Kansas City actors. This week, we have episode 11 of our original series, Kansas City 1924, written by local playwright Forrest Attaway. Our sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distilling Company, downtown Kansas City's first legal distillery since Prohibition bringing back the roaring 20s in every bottle. When the king of Kansas City was boss, Tom Pendergast, he ruled over a city of gamblers, speakeasies, and rule-breakers. The Paris of the Plains never missed a drop of gin, bourbon, or vodka. And they still don't. Tom's Town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's Town, the people are thirsty. And I hope you people are thirsty for another taste of Kansas City 1924. And now, episode 11, The Reckoning.
1: haze of smoke hangs in the air of the Royale tonight as George and Rose slide from jazz to a more bluesy feel. Young Rose is feeling those long sustained notes as her heart reels from the sight of Vincent and Bianca's embrace. An uproarious huzzah fills the room suddenly as the front doors burst open and the girls that work the floors of the Royale have returned. Meanwhile, Vincent and Bianca make their way up to his room on the third floor. As he closes the door behind him, Bianca makes
2: her way to the bed and sits. Agent Houston.
3: You were supposed to meet me here this afternoon.
2: I couldn't get back in time.
3: (laughs) Well, where are we?
2: We have enough to move forward with the majority of the arrest.
3: Mm, But...
2: Pendergast was not there, (laughs) nor did they openly talk about him.
3: So who do we have?
2: Law enforcement was present and complicit.
3: How complicit? Very.
2: I mean, that was our aim, was it not? Our agents here are compromised. I say we go ahead and make the arrest.
3: (sighs) But no Pendergast?
2: I can tie everyone in that room together in motive and action. Mm -hmm. Our best hope is that one of his people rolls on him.
3: In the livestock exchange?
2: Destruction of property, assault and battery, Mm -hmm. nothing to take the new director.
3: And Giovanni?
2: Oh, I have a laundry list of dirt on him. We can arrest him tonight. How many agents do you have in tow?
3: Three outside, three inside.
2: Hmm. I want to wait until Anthony Borelli arrives. (sighs) Bring them all in at the same time. And the staff? We're not here with the Treasury Department. We're the FBI. Let them do their job, we'll do ours. (sighs) Plus, I'm going to want to drink when all this is said and done.
3: Prostitution falls under our jurisdiction.
2: Not today, Agent Houston. If anything, we can use it as leverage in the courts.
3: Well, if this all goes to plan, you will have made quite a name for yourself, Colby. Uh,
2: Pendergast is the linchpin. I need (laughs) Pendergast. We'll get him. I wasn't expecting you to wait around, on me.
3: I almost left. But then your girlfriend started singing, so I thought I'd stick around.
2: She's, uh... Special.
3: Can we use her?
2: No. Not for this.
3: We're going to need to talk to her.
2: You can pull a statement, but I don't want to see her in court.
3: Uh, We might not have a choice.
2: There's always a choice.
3: Agent Colby, (laughs) I do believe you're smitten.
2: I'm just pointing out that her relationship to any of this carries Mm -hmm. as much weight as an empty bucket.
3: (laughs) She knew about the kidnapping.
2: Only because I told her.
3: Because you were in a relationship.
2: What do you mean, were?
3: To keep up appearances, the agent went so far as to have a relationship with one of the club's late-night singers.
2: You know I have feelings for that woman.
3: Eh, No, agent, you don't. As of now, you were using her as a part of your cover. The FBI is not going to let some from-the-hip lawyer destroy our case on procedure.
2: Again, she doesn't need to be a part of the trial, or any of it.
3: But she will be. And for our case, it needs to look like it was part of the job. (sighs) Well... I need to tell her. No, you're not going to talk to her. As far as you're concerned, she's just a piece on the board until the trial is over.
2: I can't do that to her.
3: Look here, Colby. We are going to have a hard enough time with the court when it comes to vindicating your actions while you were undercover. If it comes to light that you are emotionally involved with someone working at the Royale, that you are somehow compromised, Ah. then we're down for the count.
2: (sighs) Can you tell her?
3: No one tells her. you just... Walk away. And when this is all said and done, after all the children have been put to bed, you can tell her then...
2: I don't like this.
3: If you care about this woman, then do your job. If she's worth silk, then she'll understand. Right. Now, how do you want to proceed?
1: As Joey Giovanni holds court at his usual table, Agent Colby and Agent Houston formerly known as Vincent and Bianca, make their way downstairs. The Real is spinning tonight. Cigarette girls and flappers make their way through the tables like a carousel, and the air smells sweet with brown liquor and cigar smoke. As the two approach Giovanni's table, Alice opens a bottle of
4: wine and <laughs> pours. <Vincent! laughs> v- Vincenzo, come. Sit you and your lovely wife sit. Sit. Drink and eat. Alice, you as well. Please no, join us. No, 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 I have no. So no. Much to do. no, don't give me that look. Sit for a glass. It has been too long.
5: One glass and back to work.
4: <laughs> as always,
2: thank you, Mr. Giovanni, for your hospitality.
4: Bella, Bella Bianca, please taste the wine. Let me know if it is not to your liking. Mm, It's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) So, (laughs) Bianca, you gift us with your presence. I trust all is well, and uh, (laughs) it's your heart that brings you to Kansas City.
3: I'm afraid I cannot speak to my presence, other than it's a family matter that Vincent needed to be made aware of.
4: Oh, Anything you want to share, Vincent?
2: My wife brings news of my father. He has
4: fallen ill. Uh Oh. Your father. Oh, we're so sorry, Vincent. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We we hope he recovers soon. Mm -hmm. Bianca, are you and Mario close? I'm afraid I only know the man by uh, reputation.
3: (laughs) We have become closer over the years.
4: Uh, I was never able to have children... Have I, have I shared that with you, Vincent?
2: No, sir, you haven't.
5: It's not your fault, Joe. Some women cannot have children. Uh, they just can't.
4: Yeah, I, I stayed up many nights thinking about what it would be like to have a son. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel it is one of the most difficult relationships, <laughs> father and son. My father gave me discipline before any affection. The the discipline always seemed to outweigh the affection. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it was an honest relationship. Hmm. Do you know what I mean by that, Vincent? When I say that my father and I had an honest relationship?
2: I believe so, yes, sir.
4: And you, Bella Bianca, do you understand the relationship between a son and his father?
3: How could I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's unique.
4: Alice? Yes, Joe? Tell Mike we're going to need the big bottle. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you
5: want to wait for Anthony to get back?
4: No. <laughs> now, Vincent... I would like you to tell me about your father.
2: <laughs> well, uh, we were in New York when I was younger and then moved to Chicago when I was around 11 or 12, I think. He, uh, he was, uh, No,
4: no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Not Mario Esposito. Tell me about your real father. I, uh... Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> Who are you, Vincent?
2: My father's name was Marcus Colby. He was a miner with four kids south of Pittsburgh and Fayette County. His wife died giving birth to the fourth. That's me, Wayne Colby. I'm an agent for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Mike! We're not here for you, Joe.
3: Mike! You are covered up, sir, inside and out. Mike!
6: Lover.
4: Mike.
3: leave it alone. Don't lose your head, barkeep.
4: What are you waiting for, Mike? <sighs> Sorry, Mr. Giovanni. Too much steel in the room, sir. Uh, Mike.
3: That's the numbers I promise you. Now drop that shotgun before our boys drop you. Mikey,
7: please, babe.
2: Mike. Do it. Look at me. Do it. This is not what you think it is. Clem.
5: Baby. Put it away, Mike.
4: Please, baby. What do you think you're
2: doing? No one needs to get hurt here, Mike.
3: Do Agents, it. take Mr. Giovanni into custody. Wait. Just hey, now.
2: hand me the street Hold on just a, a second. You and I walk but, to the bar.
3: Joe? You, get them to pull the car around.
2: Please, Mike.
3: Listen to him, lover. <laughs> okay. You know
1: there's going to be a reckoning holiday.
2: The name is Colby. And you're under arrest, Big Mike. Yeah. As Mike hands the shotgun
1: to an agent, he locks eyes with Clementine, who is almost in tears. In the confusion, the the music stops. Rose calls out to the man she knows as Vincent Holliday, but he ignores her. As Agent Houston and the other G-men usher out Giovanni and Big Mike, Agent Colby makes his way to the bar. He pours himself a shot.
2: I'll have Mike out this evening. We're not here for you guys.
5: Get out of my bar, you rat!
1: Agent Colby downs his shot and dons his hat, and with a nod, he exits the Royale. Outside, they load the two men into a truck as they banter back and forth about procedure. Lurking in the shadows is sweet Anthony Borelli. His fist clenches as he watches his pals being hauled off. Joey's words ring in Anthony's ears. Kill Pritchett. And then sweet Anthony Borelli escapes into the night. That morning at the Pritchett house, Amy is up before dawn. She sits on the front porch with Tom and Charlie. Tom holds Amy's hand.
2: I should have seen it, baby girl. I'm sorry. I'll never forgive myself.
8: You were sleeping, Tommy. Ain't no judge on your captain.
2: No excuse.
8: No one blames you, lover. I guess y'all is doomed for each other. <laughs> then he hope.
2: Don't hack on me, girls. I <laughs> <I'm> want
8: <laughs> it's good to be home. I am. I'm, no need, Tommy. We know.
2: I can't imagine. But thank you, CeCe. Thank you for getting our girl back to us. You're a force, and you are appreciated.
7: I can't believe you have to leave, Cece. Is there no way for you to stay? If, if only through the year. Maybe make yourself available till next spring.
8: Kennel Wesley is going to be hot-footed to retreat from this here ground. Never seen him as mad like I seen him last night. <laughs> it looked like someone burned his dog. <laughs> You'll be sorely missed, my friend. This world ain't so big. Well, face-to-face for Tommy, I can get his boots off.
2: (laughs) I don't know what debt you owe that old man, but there is always a room for you here, Ranger.
8: Mm -hmm. Look quick, Miss Amy, I believe your true love is getting sweet on me. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a worry of mine for a while now. It might
7: even be something I could forgive if Uh, our souls were not mm, so intertwined, Thomas. Amy. (laughs) It was the thought of your warm embrace that kept me alive during our imprisonment, sweet Tom. I, I,
2: I, I. <laughs> so happy to be the target in y'all's little sporting game.
8: You're just making it <laughs> too easy, Wrangler.
2: Hmm, that's so.
7: I do have feelings for you, Tommy. I do. But
4: are you crying?
7: No. No, it's just good to be home.
8: You did so good, Miss Amy. I don't know. You did, girl. You did. I swear, Tommy, those Italians done thought they brought home a bag of rattlesnakes. (laughs) Our lady Pritchett here was fierce as a rabbit hog. I don't doubt it. I learned more words this week than I can remember.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're home now, Amy. Everything's gonna be all right again.
8: Mm, And maybe we get some sleep, too. Oh, please go to sleep, Cece. I'm not far behind. Sun's already broke. Might as well wait on the heat.
2: Well, I hear you, Mother. Oh,
8: she's gonna want coffee. Well, by all means, run to her.
7: We can't have a coffee less mother. (laughs) The earth has been shaking enough this week.
8: Try to get some rest, Amy. Thank you, Tom. I think he's made a lap with you, Miss Amy. (laughs) One can dream. Oh, thank you, Tom. Did
7: you ever want
8: a thing you couldn't have, Charlie? Everybody does, Cher. I'm going to miss you. I'd be glad to be done with the trouble. Mm. Same. All the dresses and kidnapping. <laughs> Understood. Soft beds and fancy parties. <sighs> Must be difficult. All too easy to forget. Stuff of nightmares is what it is. Reckon I will never sleep again. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Miss Cox. Morning, ma'am. Daughter. Mother. Tom says you've been up all night.
7: We were contemplating life and the like. No, is that so? As
1: Sheila Pritchett turns (laughs) to face the rising sun, she comes into full view of sweet Anthony Borelli's scope. As he lets out the last of his breath to empty his lungs, he takes in every detail. It looks like she's talking, he thinks to himself. I wonder what she's saying. When he squeezes the trigger, he whispers a prayer for the dying. After all, he's not a monster, at least not in his mind. The bullet rips through the right side of Ma's neck, painting <laughs> the front windows Tom. with blood as her body <laughs> hits Ma. the deck. Get
8: in the house! Ma. Amy
1: screams. How many,
8: Charlie? How many? Don't know. Don't know. They're in the sun. Get Amy
2: and get her in the house.
8: Ma. D- Tom. Ma. Tom. Damn it! just do it, Charlie. Amy. Mom! now, no! Ma, can, can you see no! me? Ma? Ma? No! Ma! No!
6: <laughs>
1: Tom holds Ma tight as her body shudders and convulses until her wet, bloody gasps finally surrender to one final death rattle. All the insects of the morning silence themselves as Tom lifts her body and carries her to the kitchen table. The only sound is the continued wail of her daughter and some competing dogs over the horizon. For an entire week, the city mourns the death of Ma Pritchett, but the trains keep rolling. Back at the Royale, Alice sits in the back room praying over the blackest cup of coffee she's ever poured. The lady pharaoh comforts her as they both wax philosophical over their futures.
5: Half of law enforcement, including... Federal agents, judges, political liaisons, all under indictment. None of this is going to hit the courts until December. Why is that? Well, the same reason you can't sit in a chair that has only two legs. (laughs) The entire city is handicapped. (sighs) I'm a fool. No. Uh, It's one thing to be betrayed, but to clothe and feed this? I'm a fool. Giovanni is the architect of his internment. You were just doing your job, love. If I would have just taken a step back. Then do that. Do that now. Mm, it's too late now. No, it's not. In truth, now might be ideal. What are you seeing that I'm not? The next few months are going to be purgatory. Ugh. A city full of rumors and odd faces. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and go where? <laughs> um, the ocean. The uh. ocean. I have friends in Miami, white sands, blue water. Stop. (laughs) Why stop? You have a law firm. With associates. I can't leave the Royale. You have Mike. I can't swim. You can learn. (laughs) What? No. What are you scared of? Sharks? (laughs) No, come on. What are you really scared of? Us? Hey, that's something you never have to be afraid of. Alice? Yes, Clem? Some fellas here to see you. Who is it?
0: Hope the morning finds you well, Lady Alice.
2: Hope you can excuse our intrusion.
5: Clem, go get Mike. Uh huh. Mike!
2: We come in peace, Miss. Uh, miss Farrow, how are you?
5: Bully, Mr. Lockridge. Just bully.
2: Fine. Sullivan... <laughs>
4: This is not the type of meeting where we require legal assistance, Lady Pharaoh. so if you wouldn't mind. You want me, Alice?
5: Thank you, Mike. Mm. The Lady Pharaoh stays. Mm. Anything you gentlemen have to say can be said in front of her. I I think it would be
4: in everybody's best interest. You heard her. The Lady stays. You don't Mm. like it? Oh, now look here, Mike. Go ahead, Sully. Give me a reason.
1: You don't have Joe's skirt to hold on to right now. You threatening me, Mike?
2: Sullivan. Boys,
5: Boys, state your business or be on your way.
2: Apologies, Sullivan.
6: Yes, sir.
2: I come here today with an offer from a, uh, let's say, a mutual friend. (laughs)
5: We know who you represent, Mr. Lockridge. You can say
2: his Mm, name. I would not be so bold in present company.
5: What does Mr. Pendergast want, sir?
2: He offers you a future. And the Royale.
5: I believe we already have a future.
2: A better future. Under one condition.
5: And what is that?
1: Outside of the Baptist Church on 8th Street, in an unmarked car, sits Agent Wayne Colby. He watches the morning service with a heavy heart, looking for any glimpse of our songbird rose. As the muffled chorus of the benediction rises, he breathes in deep, starts the engine, and leaves. As the parishioners exit the building, they begin to set up tables outside for the afternoon potluck lunch. Inside the church office, since Rose, she quietly sings from an old hymnal as her thoughts reach out for some favorable memory to hold on to. Her aunt Evie enters with an armful of choir robes
6: to be laundered. Uh, oh, now I love that one. Oh. Hey, Aunt Evie, don't stop, child. I was just pulling. You need any help? I'm just dropping these back here before your uncle mistakes them for tablecloths again. (laughs) Oh, you keep singing. Does my soul proper to hear that voice. You should come out some weekend and hear me and George. Uh, Now, Lord, can you imagine your old aunt dancing the night away in some speakeasy? (laughs) What would the church say? Not much, I imagine. Seeing how I saw most of those faces in there last night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess even David danced naked in the streets when the Ark returned. (laughs) No, I didn't say nothing about taking your clothes off. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's so good to see that smile, girl. I know. Strange how the Lord works. Your broken heart. George's heart now filled with hope. Mm. <laughs> he always has a plan. Are you suggesting that the Lord was working with the FBI? I know he was. He don't make mistakes. He don't make it easy either. Now why would you want it easy, little one? I don't know. Never had the option for easy. I think I'd just like to try it one time. Oh, I-
5: Thought my heart would break into
8: For the one I love has forsaken me And left me with these break day blue
1: The afternoon is filled with fellowship and a new sense of hope as the families congregate over food and impromptu songs. Fitzy's heart wavers with joy at seeing his son's angry soul return to a cool, dry place and concern for his heartbroken daughter. But as the sun falls westward into the West Bottoms, the Pritchett home is bereft of any joy or understanding as Amy Pritchett chases Colonel Wesley get out, out of her get, house into the front yard. Get out of the
6: house
7: and never show your face here again. You're making a horrible mistake, little girl. I said Out! Take all your men and all your guns and leave Kansas City. I am
1: only offering my assistance, child.
7: I don't want it, old man.
4: I don't want it and I don't need it. There are there are matters that need to be attended oh. to, little girl. Tell her, Tom. Oh. I offer a quotient
1: of leadership in these tough times. Tom, will you tell this girl what's at stake?
2: She knows, Colonel.
7: Leadership? Let me tell you about your leadership, old man. It was your leadership that got my father killed in that stupid, stupid war. And it was your leadership that killed my mother in this one. Now, I don't care how many cattle you run through the exchange, but if I ever see your old, leathered face here again, I'm going to have Tom here put a bullet right through your
8: heart. Am I clear?
1: Let's go, Charlie. We're not wanted here.
8: No, sir. I'm staying. What's that now? I said I'm staying, Colonel.
1: Is
4: that so?
8: Yes, sir.
1: Colonel Wesley holds the eyes of Charlie Cox. He loves this girl like a daughter. He brought her out of the swamps of Louisiana. He trained her. He cared for her. And in her eyes, he sees nothing is going to change her mind.
4: Darling, it's not the decisions you make in life that define you, only their success or failure. Remember that, child.
1: As Colonel Wesley turns to walk away, he removes his hat and looks around. Here's to luck. No one speaks as he makes his way to the property line. Amy, with a deep, resolved breath, takes the hand of Tom with her left and Charlie with her right. She stares.
7: Thank you, dear friends. Thank you. Now, go find the one who killed my mother. Bring me his head.
1: With a military precision, Amy turns and walks indoors. This is Kansas City.
5: 1924.
6: I bid and light the light I'll
5: ride late tonight Black bird bye bye
0: As the reins of the stockyards change hands, young Amy doesn't seem much different than Ma. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Stay tuned. Featured in this week's episode were Victor Raider Wexler as the narrator, Bree Woods as Rose, Matt Schwader as Vinnie Holiday, Ellen Kirk as Alice, Jen Mays as Clementine, Scott Cordes as Big Mike, Manon Halliburton as Bianca, Kyle Dick as Tom, Chioma Anyanwu as Charlie, Katie Hall as Amy, Katie Gilchrist as Pharaoh, Brian Paulette as Lockridge, Nikki Dixon as Aunt Evie, Mike Ott as Police Captain Sullivan, Mark Robbins as Joey Giovanni, and Jan Rogie as Ma Pritchett. The episode was directed by Victor Rader-Wexler, sound design and engineering was by John Robertson, and it was written by Forrest Attaway. Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible by support from donors like you and our program sponsors, which include the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, the Muriel McBrien Kaufman Foundation, the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Miller Nichols Charitable Foundation, Theater League, the Missouri Arts Council, Arts KC, and special thanks to Mark and Valerie Andrus. Of course, our exclusive sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distillery. Tom's Town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's Town, the people are thirsty. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and please stay healthy and stay tuned.